This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Today we have something a little bit different. I've got a guest, and this time it's not Glenn Cole. Glenn has been my guest several times in the past, but today we have Leslie Sizer joining us. We're going to be talking about walking with God. I'll give a little bit more of an intro when I actually speak with her. Before we get to that, I just want to remind you that if you have any questions or comments, anything you'd like to share, please feel free to send me a note at the email address ancientpaths at cantrell.cc. And a quick reminder that there's a YouTube channel and I have playlists of all of the various series that I've presented on different topics. So please feel free to go over to YouTube and hunt for Ask for the Ancient Paths. You can listen to talks there. Well, now we'll jump on over and start talking with Leslie. I am joined now by Leslie. Leslie, hello. Hi. It's great to have you with us, and I'd like to tell our listeners how we came to make this recording. Uh, Leslie and I go to the same church in the United States, and the church has a weekly newsletter, announcements that are sent out, and members of the church will write, uh, what would you call it, Leslie? I guess a word of encouragement. Yeah, members of the church will write a word of encouragement, and she wrote one on walking with God, and... When I read it, I immediately thought, well, I'd love to talk to her about that on the podcast. Since the title of the podcast is Ask for the Ancient Paths, and I mention lots of things about walking with the Lord. So, Leslie, I'm really glad to have you here. And if you would, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump right into talking about the topic. Thank you, Mike, for having me here on your podcast. I'm excited to talk about walking with you. Uh, here in where I live, I have a family. I've got three children and a husband, and I also serve as the teaching director for a local community Bible study class, which is a place that provides in-depth Bible studies, and it's both a local group and a global movement, which is something I love about it. Every class is community-based in the community, but yet there are classes all over the world, and so Together we dig into God's Word and we study and encourage one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I should say that you and I have talked about the possibility of you going overseas, meeting with some of our ministry partners in Romania, Montenegro, to set up or encourage community Bible study classes over there. And I'd love for that to happen if the Lord opens those doors. I would love that too. I think that um, CBS has really great framework Mm -hmm. and structure for studying God's Word, and God's Word is where our hearts are transformed. Yeah, amen. Well, let's go ahead and take a little detour for a second. We've got time. I've visited lots of churches in small villages uh, where there is a passionate pastor of a little community church. They don't really have a lot of training, and they don't have the resources for in-depth teaching. And I've thought multiple times that the programs that you have would just be such a gift for these small local fellowships. A lot of the preachers will share what's on their heart, and they'll share what they know, uh, but boy, it's good to give them resources and tools that'll help them 
do some extensive Bible study. So I'm really hoping that'll happen. That's right. I had a friend in our local class who is involved with the ministry in another country in Central America, and she's been serving in that country in various ways for, at the time that this happened, over 10 years. They had brought all kinds of resources into this community, and and then they brought CBS. And when they were presenting CBS, the pastor just burst into tears. And my friend, she just shared the story with me last week. She said, he burst into tears and said, of all of the things that you have done for us over 10 years, this is the most valuable. You're bringing the treasure of God's Word, and it's really powerful. Amen, and it makes me think, in the description for the podcast episode or on the YouTube channel, I will, if you'll give me the link that I can share, then people that are listening, if you're interested in knowing about community Bible study, you can click through and learn more. Send me an email, if you like, at the email address that I've mentioned multiple times, and I can connect you with some of the CBS people. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be super. Okay, before we dig in, I just want to give our listeners an overview of the shape of this. Leslie and I have got some notes that we're working off of, but we haven't really talked through specifics a lot. It'll be broken into three parts. Part one, walking with God, and then part two, walking in his ways. And then the third part is something I've touched on quite a bit too, Walking in and through darkness or walking on an unknown path. That's the shape of what we're going to do. And I'm going to let Leslie, Leslie, I'm going to let you take the lead on this and I'll chip in here and there. But I really do want to hear what God has put on your heart about this. So please go right ahead. Thanks, Mike. So just thinking about walking, it's a great form of exercise. I've got a specific pair of shoes that I wear when I take, when I go for a walk and I recently read, this is actually what launched me into writing that little article for our newsletter. I had just read in, I don't know, some news report or something about walking, just physically walking. It's good for the brain, just as good for the brain as it is for the heart and the muscles. And many people do their best thinking while walking. And I can't tell you how many times I've been stuck on something and I lace up my shoes and I get out the door and all of a sudden the solutions come to me. So we know that walking improves creativity and memory, but walking is also good for our soul when we're walking with the Lord. Mm -hmm. We talk about that a lot. We talk about that a lot in your podcast. But throughout scripture, there are many commands to walk with the Lord. It's actually one of the most common phrases describing our spiritual walk, so to speak. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. walking with the Lord. The word walk appears 347 times in the ESV translation of the Bible. Yeah, you know, I don't know. There's a danger, I think, in some streams of Western Christianity that I'm familiar with. The idea that there's a moment of decision to be a, uh, well, to believe in God. And that's all it is to being a Christian, is there's a point in time when you make a decision and that's it. But scripturally, it's all about living it out after that point. And the imagery all through the scriptures is walking with God from the very beginning of the Bible all the way through to the end. Well, actually, I just mentioned it in Genesis chapter 3, if you'd lead us on talking about that. Yeah, that's the first mention of walking is in the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. when after Adam and Eve have eaten of the fruit off the tree, and verse 8 of chapter 3 They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Mm -hmm. 
And I think about the fact that the Lord is not out walking for exercise. He is not laced up his shoes and walking for exercise, (laughs) but he is looking for Adam and Eve. He is actively seeking relationship with them. He's looking for them to join him in walking, to walk in fellowship, relationship, and conversation. Mm -hmm. And that is Genesis chapter 3, and it continues to this day that the Lord actively seeks relationship. He seeks fellowship and relationship and conversation with his people. Yeah, amen. It reminds me of a friend that I have. We walk every Tuesday morning, rain or shine, well, not pouring down rain, but mostly (laughs) rain or shine. We meet at a certain place in our neighborhood. She, she and I live in the same neighborhood, and we walk together. But normally, I exercise even before we walk because I know that our walk, when she shows up with her cup of coffee, her dog, her dog leash, her phone, she has all these things she's <laughs> juggling in her hand. I'll take one look, and I say, there is no way that we are going to have exercise today. Yeah. But we walk faithfully because we are walking in fellowship and relationship and conversation. And it's a commitment we have. We commit to being together every week and walking for that relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with our Lord. He invites people to walk in relationship with him. Yeah, I'll just step in here for a second. And I think I said it in a recent episode. It's not just. Uh, believing in the teachings of God, it's actually having a relationship with him. And if we're not growing closer to him in fellowship, if we're not in relationship with God, then that's not pleasing to him. Right. And I'll say about my friend and about the Lord also, there's sometimes when we are in deep conversation because one of us is in crisis and we've got big things to talk about. And then there's sometimes when we're talking about the silliest nothing of a conversation. And it's the same with the Lord, too, that we don't always have to turn to Him in our deep crisis, but we can just share life with Him. Amen. So then in verse 9 of chapter 3, the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And I love the Lord's gracious response. He is so gracious to the man and to the woman, just as when we hear him walking and maybe we're afraid for one reason or another, he still is gracious to seek us out and to accept us where we are. Yeah, amen. We don't have to be better to come to God. We go to God to be better. It's in the relationship with him that we grow to be more like him. That's right. We continue to walk with him. That's right. Amen. A couple other times, a couple other people in Genesis that have walked with God. In Genesis 5, Enoch walked with God. And in Genesis chapter 6, Noah walked with God. It says uh, in chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. The reason I included that whole verse is I really felt like those are some outward qualities that exemplify the fact that he walked with God. He found favor in the eyes of the Lord. He was righteous and blameless in his generation. And we'll talk about that in the second part of the fruit that comes when we walk with the Lord, Mm -hmm. how others see us as we're walking with God. And then also in Genesis, Abraham walked with God. In Genesis uh, chapter 17, when God makes that great covenant with Abraham, When he was 99 years old, 
And he said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And then Abram fell on his face. His response was one of such humility when the Lord invited him to walk with him. Amen. And as James points out, and I talked about it uh, previously, I think, when I talked about the faith of Abram being credited as righteousness, it's a living faith. It's active faith. And that's what God is saying. I want you to walk before me. Be active in your faith. Don't just sit still, but actually live it out. Right, exactly. And then Jacob confirmed Mm -hmm. that both Abraham and Isaac walked with God in Genesis 48. He said, the God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life long to this day. God invites us to walk with him. It is important to know he won't join us in our sin. He won't walk with us in our sin, but he calls us to himself and to walk with him in fellowship and relationship and conversation. He calls us to humbly repent, to come to him, and to walk with him. And the more we walk with him, the more we become more like him and we reflect him. Yeah, amen. You see it physically happening, God walking with Adam and Eve, actually, and Jesus walking with the disciples as he travels from place to place. They're walking with him and learning of him. And then spiritually, even if we're confined, we can move with him through life. We're going through some things right now, and some friends of ours are going through some challenging times, and they really need to hear this shepherd's voice for God to lead them because the path isn't real clear. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, what it is to walk in darkness or when you're not quite sure what's coming. That's what Jacob celebrates here in Genesis 48, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. Amen. Let's move in then to part two, how about walking in his ways and how disciples of Jesus are called in addition to walk with him, but also to walk in his ways and be a reflection of God in the world. I talked about recently sharing in his divine nature as we move through life with him. I love this idea of walking. It's so universal. It's something that we have done Since Genesis, humans have done this, and it's something that everyone can relate to. But it's also a reality that we all have different paths that we walk on. I mean, we even just think about right now, Christians around the world are walking different paths, different cultures, different communities, different Mm -hmm. lives that we live Everything is different, so we can take this analogy of walking with God and apply it no matter where we are or what we're doing. And the Lord is faithful. He's faithful to walk with us no matter where we are. Yeah, amen. And I'll, I'll chip in. This isn't in our notes here, but there's the scripture. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And it's helped me tremendously to understand I need to walk in what he's revealed to me. As he shines a little bit more light on my path, I walk in that. And I should be encouraging everybody else to walk in the light that he's revealing to them. And each of us are in different places in our walk with the Lord. I'm not where I was 10 years ago. I'm hopefully not where I'm going to be 10 years from now. 
So it allows me to have a lot of grace for other believers and just encourage them. You walk in what God is showing you. You move in it and you take steps of faith. And when we're all doing that, then we do have spiritual fellowship with each other. Even if we're not in the same place in that walk, we can have agreement with one another. That's right, because the light is where we have unity. Yeah, amen. This conversation reminds me of a trip that we took recently to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And it's a it's a big national park in the eastern part of the United States. And in the middle of the park, there is a lodge called LeConte Lodge. It's actually the, I think it's the only hotel within that particular park borders. And like any hotel, it's a place where travelers can get a meal. They can spend the night. But the unique feature of this lodge is there's not a road to get there. There are no cars that come up to the lodge. In fact, there's not even a supply road. There aren't even any trucks that come up to bring supplies. They use llamas to bring all of the supplies up. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I remember when I was a kid, we went. And um, so I think there are six trails. I think that's right that Mm -hmm. you can choose to take to get up to the lodge. And when I was a kid, we specifically took the one trail where the llamas were going to be crossing us or passing us as they were taking, I think it was the trail back, we we walked, and we encountered the the pack animals who were bringing all the provisions up to (laughs) up there. But some of the trails are short and steep, and they're really fast, but they're really steep. But some of them are less steep and maybe less rocky. And they all start in different places along the different parking lots at the base of the mountain. But they all lead to the same destination. And everybody who makes it up there gets the same meal. They sit down to dinner together. They get lodging. They, you know, Everyone gets the same thing when they get there. Mm-hmm. And there is a warning on the website that says none of these trails can be considered a stroll. And you occasionally encounter ice and snow as late as May or as early as September. So the warning is this is not easy. It's not going to be an easy trail. Even though the llamas take the, the quote, quote, easy trail, it's not an easy trail. <laughs> Yeah. But there are different ways to get there, but they all lead to the same destination. And I love that image because it reminds me of in the same way each person's walk with the Lord is different. It's different because of the different communities that we live in, the different places where we live, the different situations in our lives, or the different times and places that the Lord has set us in this world. But the same destination. The Lord is there. He's the same destination. Amen. So it reminds me of the time in Acts chapter 17 where Paul is speaking in Athens and he's speaking about the altar that has the inscription to the unknown God. They worshiped all different kinds of gods, but they just in case they missed one, they had an altar to the unknown God. And he says, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. That's 
different paths. He's determined different paths for them to walk on. Verse 27, so that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And as we are on the path, God has put us on the specific path that he's put us on so that we should seek him and then discover that he is not very far from each one of us. He's walking with us on those paths. It's a, a, a very important point for all of us to be content in the place in which God has set us and to be content on the path that he has given us. And if, uh, I guess I'd say, if somebody is listening and they feel like they're on a very difficult path right now, I want to encourage you that God trusts you to make it. He's going to help you. He's with you. And if God gives me something really hard to go through, some difficult thing to press through, then I take that as a sign that he trusts me because I know he's going to give me the strength I need to get through it. And some of the things I'm going through are not nearly as tough as some other people that I know. So we just need to be content and keep walking. And I guess I will say, just from my experience, the more I walk with him, the more he allows me to be challenged in that walk that harder times come. And I go back to your imagery of going up the mountain on different paths. Sometimes it'll put me on a pretty steep stretch. And other times it's kind of smooth going. And and I'm really happy for that. And I need to be thankful for the hard times too. Because that means he's building up that spiritual muscle as we move uh, along with him. Actually, Actually, in verse 28, I'm just looking at it now, Paul quotes, for in him we live and move and have our being. In God, we move with him, and that's how we have who we are. That's right. Amen on that. There's a couple other verses that mm-hmm. that I have here in my notes about walking with the Lord. One is from Isaiah 2-3, where the prophet Isaiah is pleading for Israel to come to God. And it says, so that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. Amen. Yep. The next one is pretty familiar, I think. Go ahead and talk through the next one. I was going to see if you wanted to say that one. (laughs) (laughs) I should have my wife say it. I was about to say, every time I see this verse now, I hear Olga saying it. I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah. So for people listening and they don't know, at the beginning of each podcast episode, my wife is quoting Jeremiah 6, 16. So why don't you go ahead and take it this time? I'll say, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. I think what really stands out to me in that verse is that when we ask, the Lord will show us the good way. And then as we are obedient to walk in it, that's where we find rest for our souls. Yeah. I was talking with a fellow, I guess yesterday, about the conditional promises of God. And this is one of those conditions, I think. If we really want to have rest for our souls, we have to seek out the ways of God, listen for what he says, and then we have to walk in it. We have to do it. And then under that condition, that's where we'll have that peace that passes understanding. Right. It's the peace. It's the rest that we all want, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now that I think about it, It's an interesting juxtaposition of walking and resting at the same time. In the actual walking and movement and exertion, there's actually a spiritual rest that comes, as opposed to a rest that we might think is associated with inactivity. 
when we think we're resting, we think, oh, I'm going to sit down in a chair, I'm going to eat some food, I'm going to zone out, and that's resting. But here in Jeremiah 6.16, we rest as we move. We rest as we walk in the ways of God. Right. And sometimes God does call us to physically sit down and rest. But yeah. Amen. That's right. true rest comes as we are walking in his light and doing the things that he has called us to do. Yeah, I guess to wrap that little bit up, if he calls me to go take a weekend in Finland and just relax, then I am actually walking in his ways while I sit out on the deck of a little cabin by a lake because I'm being obedient to what he's called me to. Yes. And that's the important thing is always to be with the Lord as much as possible. Amen. To be obedient in everything, even when he calls us to take a Sabbath rest, that we're doing it out of obedience to him and with him. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And then the third one I have, there of course, tons of references to walking in Scripture. But the third one I pulled for this is from Micah 6.8. The Lord requires us to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And I feel like that word humbly is... So very important. We're tracking very well because as you were reading through it, I was like, okay, we've got the word walk in bold text, but I wanted to underline and put bold text on the word humbly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, man, I've met people in ministry who, uh, I don't know, don't want to be too judgmental or harsh, but sometimes it doesn't feel like there's humility there. Certainly in the New Testament, in the earliest days of the church, there were people who were involved in Christian activities, but they weren't actually walking humbly with God. So humility is probably a necessary gateway to walking with God. I think humility is so important because sometimes our path changes Hmm. and we have to be humble enough to accept the change of our path from the Lord and to say, I'm going to continue to walk with you, even though things look different than they looked yesterday or last year or something. Mm-hmm. So I think the humility comes in when we are willing to continue to walk with the Lord. What you just said is exactly my experience and of a lot of people that start walking with God. They think, I'm going to do this, and this is what he's got for me. And he's like, nope, we've got a different direction. The pathway is a little more windy than you think it is. Yeah, we got to stick to his shoulder. We got to hang on to him and walk with him instead of just shooting ahead. One of the images that I've had too is there's such a danger to have this idea I'm going to stand here with Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And then he gives me direction and then I go off and do it. And then I meet him a little bit later, further down, once I've done what he told me to do. And then get more directions from Jesus and then run on and do the next thing instead of just walking with him. And going at whatever speed he sets. I'm just going to walk with him through it instead of thinking of myself as a worker who just gets direction and just goes off and works by myself. Well, there are some other scriptures that mention how to walk. Um, Would you just go through those? I think, yeah, we've got several in Ephesians here, right? So Ephesians really talks about walking with the Lord. There's several mentions to walking in Ephesians. And I just want to mention that we've spent a lot of time so far talking about Old Testament, of God walking with the patriarchs, walking with Enoch and Noah and Abraham. And uh, we've looked at walking in some of the prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah. 
And you mentioned briefly Jesus physically walking with his disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the gifts that Jesus has given us, that the Lord has given us, is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit, so that when we are walking in the light, as he is in the light, we have the gift of him walking with us all the time. So earlier you mentioned walking with the Lord and then running ahead and then meeting him at the finishing point. And as you were saying that that image, I, I thought about when the, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two and they did. They went out and they did something and then they came mm-hmm. back and they reported to him and they told him all the great stories they had because Jesus was a man. He was just right there. But we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit, who is always with us. And Ephesians 2.10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Yeah, amen. One of the ways that we bring God glory is by walking in the good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. And then later in Ephesians in uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So these are ways that we can walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. We can walk with humility and gentleness, with patience. We bear with one another in love, and we are eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Yeah, and I'll just underscore very quickly, Paul says to Timothy, you need to persevere in your life and your doctrine. And sometimes people can tend to think, well, if my doctrine's correct, then I'm I'm good with God. But we've also got to persevere in our life with him, our walk with him. And that's what Paul is saying here, that he urges us to walk in a way that's worthy, that's uh, worthy of this calling that God has given us. Right, exactly. And above all that, Ephesians 5, 2 says to walk in love, Mm -hmm. which is as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So above all else, we walk in love. Amen. As Christ loved us, the world has corrupted the idea of love and so often has turned it into a selfish endeavor. And the way that Christ loved us is he laid his life down for us and we should walk in that same attitude of love. Exactly. The the sacrifice, the humility, and the good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah. Amen. So each person's walk is different. I and mean, we we can look around at the people who are right in front of us right now and see how each person's walk is different. But the different trails lead to the same destination, and that is Jesus. And he's with us. Yes, he is. And that'll move us right into this third part of walking in and through darkness or on an unknown path. And that is a pretty common experience for the believer to be going through something where we wish we knew the outcome, but we don't know the outcome and we're unsure of it. So how about you share a few thoughts about that? Yeah, I think that that is... um... 
something that can catch us off guard. We'll be trucking along on our little trail thinking <laughs> that we are yeah. doing well and it's easy. And then something very sudden will happen and it'll plunge us into darkness. Just like, you know, the power goes out in your house and all of a sudden you're walking around in darkness and you're not really sure where that flashlight is or if it has batteries or a candle or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it can be scary. But as First John 1, 7 says that you've mentioned that uh, when we walk with Christ, we walk in the light, even though it feels like darkness. Yes. Uh, most people listening, I'm sure, can talk about their experiences of being hit hard by unexpected circumstances. And there's a spiritual darkness or an emotional darkness or an intellectual darkness. Uh, the temptation for me is to think, oh, if I only understood this better, then I would... I don't know, I could have more peace if I understood it. But there are times, like in, uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about this, uh, Psalm 23 coming up, we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, and there are some times when we just don't see, we don't understand, we don't know what's coming next. And that's why we need that shepherd. And that's the encouragement that I want to give to people, and it's so encouraging to me that Jesus is not only the shepherd who knows the way, he himself is the way. He doesn't just whisper in our ear and say, okay, this is what you do. He says, I'm the way. You abide in me. You walk with me. He says in John chapter 8, I'm the light of the world. So we're talking about walking in darkness, but he's the light. And he said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I've been going through some things here recently. Uh, we talked about this before we started recording, Leslie, that I do want this podcast to be, the term is evergreen, that it'll always be accessible and understandable to people who listen at different times. But right now in Russia, there's some really challenging things going on. Some of my dear friends, their lives have been completely upset and turned over, and they don't know if they'll ever see home again and they're not sure of the Lord's will, and we're uh, working hard to live by faith, and even though we're walking through this valley of the shadow of death, our trust is in the shepherd, and even though we don't have, I don't know, intellectual understanding of what the outcome is going to be, we actually have a, a light in our hearts. I don't know how to put words on it, but there's a real confidence that we do have a shepherd who's helped millions of people walk similar paths. And so there can be an illumination of that understanding, even if we don't know specific circumstances and how they're going to work out over the coming few months or years. And Jesus promises that if we follow him, if we walk with him, we're going to have light of life. And we have been so challenged recently to focus on what is unseen, which is eternal, rather than to focus on what is seen, which is temporary. And it's one thing to believe that these things are true. I'm really thankful that God is giving me the opportunity to put it into practice, what I believe to be true, which is I don't control my own future. I don't understand the circumstances and the powers that are at work in the world. But the Lord does, and he is the way through it. And I think I said this um a while ago, maybe several months ago, when I was praying, Lord, where do you want me to be? And I was thinking I could be in Russia, I could be in Romania, I could be in Montenegro, I could be in Estonia, I could be in Uganda. 
Lord, where do you want me to be? And his reply came to me very clearly. Uh, I want you with me, is what he said. So no matter where I am physically, I can be with him. And the priority is to be with him. And when I'm with him in spirit and walking with him in spirit, then I, I actually will be where I physically need to be as well. So that was a little bit of a, a side there, but it's something that's really close to my heart right now, things that are going on. Right. And I think the evergreen part of this of that testimony is the fact that everyone at one point or another walks through these valleys. And so, yeah. again, just like our paths look different, our valleys look different. Most of us mm-hmm. who are listening to your podcast, including myself, do not really have the viable option or thought in our head of, am I going to be in Montenegro or Russia or Estonia tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah, uh, My my passport is valid, but I don't really (laughs) use it very often. But there are valleys that I walk through in my suburban American life that um, are very real. And there's darkness, um, but the Lord is very faithful to shine his light into that darkness. Amen. And he is, he is a good shepherd. It says, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. See, that's part of that rest that we were talking about a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm -hmm. We can take that universal truth of Scripture and put it in our lives, no matter what path we're walking on. Yeah, that's right. And it reminds me, uh, one of the things that I was studying as we started the conversation about this episode I had been reading in Ezekiel chapter 41, where God promises to be the shepherd of his people. And then Jesus fulfills that promise as the good shepherd. And I was thinking about what it is uh, that marks a shepherd, I guess. And as we just read the familiar scripture in Psalm 23, a shepherd leads his sheep and the sheep walk with him. And I thought, well, if his sheep stays in the same place for too long, then there's no nourishment anymore. Sheep need to keep moving. They need to go from pasture to pasture. And sometimes to get from one pasture to the other, you got to go through a hard spot. And sheep need to be led by the shepherd because the shepherd knows those places of nourishment and he knows the best way to get there. And the shepherd knows when the sheep uh, will need food and he'll know when they need rest and water. And This reminds me, too, people who are listening, well, may know that I work with the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation, and she tells the story of when she was living in the jungles of Ecuador, and she thought that she knew the trail that she needed to take, and she had been warned, don't go off in the jungle by yourself, but she thought that she knew where she was going and thought she should come back, and she went off on this trail, and then she realized she was lost, But somebody knew that she'd gone out, and a guide came out and found her and brought her back to safety. And she said, I learned if I'm going to be out in the jungle where it's all dangerous and there's so many difficulties and uh, the, the very real possibility of dying, she said, I needed a guide. I need a person who knows the trail really well. And then, of course, you know, the application is, well, Jesus is that shepherd. He knows the trails 
As a matter of fact, I have the note here. He created the trails. Uh, he created all that is. He pre-exists everything. And I take a lot of comfort when I'm going through something really hard that he's helped a lot of people walk down very similar paths. And he's a really good shepherd. He's good at shepherding. And not only does he know that trail, he will walk with us and call us and encourage us and show us the way to safety when we can't, not only when we can't see the way, but when we can't even comprehend what the way might even look like. Uh, That's what a shepherd is. Right, right. I saw a church billboard the other day. I was driving past. It was a small little country church that had one of those great billboards that they change every week. And it said, do not fear the future. Jesus is already there. And I, that just that just struck me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <just laughs> pulls you out of your, you start to sit and think about it for a minute. Do not fear the future. Jesus is already there because Jesus exists outside of time and space. And he is eternal from everlasting to everlasting. And he's in our yesterdays and he'll be in our tomorrows. Yeah, and it it ties in with the scripture that he's prepared good work in advance for us to do, that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who have gone through transitions or in the middle of big transitions in life. I've certainly gone through very large transitions, and I take comfort that Jesus has already prepared good work in advance that I should walk in it. So even though I don't know what's up ahead, he's already got it ready. He's already prepared it. So amen. Jesus is up ahead on the trail. Not only is he with us here, walking with us, he's already prepared the way for us. Exactly. So walking in the darkness on an unknown path can be scary, but we are promised in scripture. We have promises that we can hold on to, that as we walk with Christ, we walk in the light from 1 John 1, 7, that we should walk by faith and not by sight from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk as children of the light from Ephesians 5, 8, and we walk by the Spirit from Galatians 5, 16. Yeah, amen. Walk in the light, walk by faith, not by sight. Walk as children of the light and walk by the Spirit. And I'll underscore again, humbly, to walk humbly with God. Yes. I've said it many times, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's right. Do you have any other thoughts for us? I do have one other thought. I think that David is one person in scripture that knew a lot about walking with the Lord. He, well, there are a lot of people in scripture who know about walking with the Lord. He's just one of the ones who's written about it more than anyone else. And in Psalm 26, he has three mentions of walking. So I wanted to close by reading Psalm 26. And in my ESV translation, it's titled, I Will Bless the Lord. And I feel like that's where we land when we walk with the Lord, as we bless the Lord and we give him glory. And he writes, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity and have trusted in the Lord without wavering. So part of walking in integrity is trusting in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. 
I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud and telling all your wondrous deeds. So as he was walking with the Lord, he is actively proclaiming thanksgiving, telling of all of the Lord's wondrous deeds, and he is also actively making a choice not to sit with men of falsehood or consort with hypocrites or sit in the assembly of evildoers or of the wicked. In verse 8, he says, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices, and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground in the great assembly. I will bless the Lord. As we walk in integrity, as we walk with the Lord, our foot stands on level ground, and in the great assembly among all people, we will bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's a good word. I've been thinking about how to close this out, and as we're saying this, I just wonder if you'd say a prayer as we finish up this conversation. It just feels like we need, with the listeners, to open up our hearts in prayer. Would you be willing to do that for us? I can do that, sure. Let's pray. Yeah, that'd be great. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to think about walking. We thank you for the opportunity to walk with you. And I ask, Lord, that you draw... Let me actually start over. Let me spend less time thinking about praying and more time praying. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, amen, amen. Father God, I thank you for this time that we've had to spend thinking about walking and actually walking with you in this time that we've been recording this podcast. Lord, I pray right now for anyone who's listening. I ask, Lord, that you draw them close to you. Reveal yourself and show each one where you are with them on the path on which they're walking. Lord, will you stir our hearts to do the good deeds that you have prepared in advance for us to do. May we walk humbly. May we walk in love. May we have faith to endure, and to continue walking as you've called us to. For those who are walking in darkness, Lord, I pray and ask that you shine your light of hope on their path, that they might see it and steadfast continue to walk with you. Lord, we love you. And we hope to give you all the glory May what we do and say and how we walk bring you glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening and God bless you all.